to show that because um, if you are a follower of Christ or you're not, or if you're new to church or you're experienced with church, uh, there, there's something in all of us that has a certain picture of what church is, uh, a certain maybe understanding or experience with what it means to be a follower of Christ. And right there, that may be on the top of your list of the things that you would never hope for yourself, and that is to actually talk to somebody that you may not know about things uh, like that, like about sin and brokenness and pain and suffering. And what you find is we are in this world and in the church where we've kind of been led to believe that the church is something where it exists in what we are doing right now, where you come and you hear somebody speak to you, like me. And your experience may be people that you've had speak to you, or maybe it's been helpful, maybe it's been not. Maybe they've been telling you all the things that you need to do differently with your life. Maybe they've encouraged you or challenged you. But there's a sense in our world where we think a learning and life exists where we sit and listen and we receive a content. And there's a certain part of the church which that is important. We need to learn. We need to know what God's word says. But that is like a small portion of what the church exists uh, to do. Uh, We are actually called uh, to live a different life and uh, to do that in a way that that people will see uh, the light in our life that comes from following uh, Jesus. So, So what I want you to do right now is I want you just to close your eyes if you can. Just close your eyes, everybody. And I know if you're not because mine aren't closed and I'm watching every single one of you. When your eyes are closed, what do you see? You can still speak. I know it's hard. Your eyes are closed. Can I still talk? I think you can. What do you see when your eyes are closed? Nothing. What else? Darkness. Now, if I were to have you get up and go find the coffee and pour yourself a cup, could you do it? For those of you that said yes, go ahead and rise. (laughs) Okay, everybody open. There's something about that which makes sense. We close our eyes, we can't see. When you dig into the the scriptures, there's actually a sense of like that is uh, the picture of what life really is. There's people who have light and they have been rescued from the darkness. All of us have actually been in the darkness. And what that video describes, that's sin, that's going our own way. Again, we don't uh, talk about it a lot, but we experience it a lot. We all experience brokenness. We experience uh, insecurities, we experience shame, we, we live in a broken world, and we don't have to look far, we don't have to be on the news long, social media long, to see that this is true. Uh, but what we fail to sometimes remember is that the people who follow Christ that are in the church are supposed to be people that have opened their eyes to the light of the good news of Jesus, that he saved us from ourselves, he saved us from our sin. We actually have a new life And this is where it gets really interesting. The job and the the duty of those who have opened their eyes and seen the light is to actually draw people and point people to that same light. And we've been led to believe in this culture, especially in the West specifically, that these are the kinds of things that you don't talk to people about. Now, if you think of what are the greatest strategies to slow down the light would be for people to just not say anything, for people to just keep their mouth closed and just let people do their own thing. And that's what we're seeing in most of our culture. Everyone just does their own thing, everyone's independent, and we don't kind of interact with each other. But if you follow Christ, and today's message is called Invest and Invite, this is actually one of the most important endeavors that you can 
partake on in your life is that is I'm gonna invest in people and I'm gonna invite them into my life. I'm gonna invite them into spiritual conversations and I'm gonna invite them uh, to church. So today's message, I wanna talk about why this is so important and how you uh, can get mobilized. And so I realized today that as I talk about these things, it could make you feel uncomfortable. So hear me on the front end. This is not to guilt or shame you into thinking like, I'm so messed up, why am I not doing this? But it's to give a picture of the vision of the kind of life that Jesus calls us to. And so if you're feeling guilt or you're, you're feeling shame, you just pray against that. Anytime that comes into your mind, in your life, you feel that, just pray against it. I pray against shame in the name of Jesus. I pray against guilt. The enemy wants to cause that to well in you. Other feelings we may have as we talk about like mission and getting on to this, this picture of sharing Jesus, it, it could, we could be filled with fear. We could be filled with like, um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I can't do that. That's for Australians because it just sounds so much cooler. But I want to give you a sense of the difference that you can make in our community, in our church. And there are people that you connect with that I'll never connect with. There's conversations that you have that I'll never have because God's put you uniquely in a place connected to certain people where you can make a difference. And you have a decision to make. Will I be somebody who lives as the eyes wide open I can see? And am I going to live as somebody who's willing to share that life and that light uh, with others? I want to share our mission that you'll see here, inviting people to experience refreshing life in Christ. That's the mission of Ridgeview Church. Notice the first word is inviting. That's actually the key to our mission is the church coming together, not just the leaders or the staff, but everyone coming together to invite people to what? To a different kind of life, one that's refreshing. Do you think people in your life and in your families and in your jobs and in your neighborhoods, do, they, do you think they want refreshment? Yeah, we all want refreshment. Life dries us out. Obstacles and challenges dry us out. Sin dries us out and it leaves us just cracked and messed up and broken. But the life in Christ, it is like water to the soul. It actually gives us back life and vitality. That can't come from pursuing a career. That can't come from success. That can't come from financial security. That can't come from any other relationship, but a relationship with the living God through Jesus. And so our mission as a church, this is central. So Pablo mentioned we have a grand opening next week. Are we open? Why would we have a grand opening? You ever thought about that? You might have. Wait a second. You ever been in this, you're like, wait, is this not, are we not open yet? No, we're open, but we have a grand opening so we can invite people. We can invite people. And so everything we're doing today is to kind of prepare us for why do we do the things like a grand opening? Why do we do events? And I want to just give you a hint. Most of what we do here at Ridgeview Church is to help people connect and take a next step in their relationship with God. If not, why are we doing it? So it's central. And we keep looking to ways to how, we, can we, how can we do that? And how do we do that together as a church? I want to share a scripture, which is kind of like the theme uh, of today. And it's this. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Now, here's what's really interesting. Verse 8, I am the most uh, unfamiliar with. I learned verse 7 many years ago. But it's really interesting when you look at verse 
uh, seven, by itself, it seems like, well, yeah, God's given us strength to deal with life, which is true. God's given us power to deal with life, which is true. And we don't have to give in to fear, which again is a command. Like we are commanded not to fear. The only one we fear is God. And we walk by faith in all of life. But notice, contrast to verse eight, how it gives a little bit different context and meaning. Why do we need power? Why do we need to not be in fear? Why do we not to be, need to be timid? It's because we can't be ashamed of what? Telling others about our Lord. The reason we invest and invite is because we want to tell others about our Lord, the light that has come to our life that has taken away the darkness, that has taken away the pain. Doesn't mean it's perfect, doesn't mean it's all coming together like I hope, but I do have hope because of the living God found in a Jesus. I wanna talk a little bit about uh, the gospel. You ever heard that word? That's a churchy word, the gospel. What's the gospel, anybody? The good news. That's literally what it is. But it's become like a churchy word, like the gospel, that we don't use it. But literally, it is the good news. Now, is there bad news right now in our world? What, just, what's some bad news that's appropriate? What's some bad news? What is it? Did you say inflation? Have you been to gas prices? Yeah, I got gas this morning. Bad news. What is it? I heard about that. This is literally a thing. In California, I don't even want to say this because we already have issues, but there's some new requirements on how pigs need to be uh, taken care of, and only 4% of pig farmers comply with that. And so there's a talk like pigs, like bacon may be like off, like it may not exist anymore. That's kind of the worst news you might ever hear. (laughs) What else? Man, I brought it down real low right there. What else is bad news? COVID, the Delta. I can't keep up with it. And I keep thinking it's over. Anyone else? What else? Okay. Oh, we're getting real now. All sorts of crisis in our country. We're filled with bad news. What's really interesting about news is you actually don't know things unless you read it or you hear it. Like, it's very interesting. If you no longer tuned into the news, how would that change your view of society and culture? Like, you think about that? Like, what if you were off social media? Would that impact your life? I imagine some of you would be less stressed. Okay. We would be, right? Because what you don't know doesn't what? Hurt you. The problem is some of what we know may not be true anyways, and that can hurt us. So you don't even know what to know. So in light of all the bad news, which we all know, and there's varying degrees of how we view news, and that's what's crazy about where we live right now. Bad news to you is good news to others. You ever thought about that? And good news to others is bad news to you. I might have just said that and repeated it. I can't remember. But... What the, the, the scriptures is, is saying is that, that there's actually good news which overcomes any bad news, and that is that this life and everything that we experience is not all. It's not it. There's more. There's something greater, and that's God himself, the one who made us. That's the greatest news. 
So when you look to this life to get everything you can out of it and just to, to wring it out, your meaning and purpose and hope, and you can't find enough good news to do that because there's enough bad news to outweigh it, there's one who has the greatest news, and that is that we can be whole again. We can find peace again. We can be actually who we're designed to be. There, there's purpose. That's found in Jesus. It's not found anywhere else. It's not found in any other major religion. It's not found in a country. It's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the best news. And so we're filled in a way, in a world where it's filled with bad, but the gospel is the good that we have. And it ultimately is the solution to our problems. And so I want to share why do we need to share the gospel, the good news. Well, the first one, and this is enough, but this is a really important one. Anytime you just see that, you just, okay, Jesus said to. Why do you need to get baptized? Because Jesus said to. Why do you need to share the good news? Because Jesus said to. Check out these scriptures. I'm going to just kind of move quickly. If you um, have the listening guide, we have this each week, and you may not know it, but uh, on there is the scriptures, and there's points, and this is for you to take notes. If you take notes, it helps you retain. It helps you kind of visualize the learning, so I encourage you to do that. If you want to listen, that's fine too, but you'll find all of these references. I'm going to go quick. Mark 16, this is Jesus. He said, and he said to them, go in all, into all of the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Was this like a suggestion? No, it's, it's a command. Go. And where do you go? Into your world. Go. Uh, Luke 24 and said to them, this is Jesus, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Here is what is a great picture. The good news of Jesus Christ has spread from Jerusalem to all the nations. Now, there are still, still and this is crazy, but there are still unreached people that have never heard of Jesus in certain parts of our world. And so we need people who are going to proclaim who he is. But notice already how we've seen this come to fruition. We're in the West, we're in the United States, and do we know who Jesus is? Yeah. It's hard to find somebody probably in our country that doesn't, right? Did that scare you? That kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, is he coming back? I just, for a second, but John 20, it says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And this is to his disciples, but it's really to all who follow Christ. I've been sent, Jesus says. I've sent. I came to this world. Just I've been sent. I send you. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See that power word again? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, it's this pattern of you start where you are. And so in the first century... Uh, it started in Jerusalem again, and then went to the surrounding regions of Judea and Samaria and to what? The ends of the earth. We've seen that come to fruition. We're here, and we're talking about it. But the idea is that that keeps needing to happen in the city of Fontana, in the Inland Empire, in Southern California, in California, in the Western United States, and United States, into Southern America, into the North. Like, that's the picture. It continues to share the good news of Jesus. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is really, again, the whole point. It's this, people are hopeless without Christ. So back to your eyes closed, this is people's life. They can't see. They're seeing, but they can't see. They have senses, but they don't really know what's going on. 
They're filled with darkness. They can't make progress. They're stuck. They're alone. Because when you can't see, you are alone. Like there's nobody here. But when people share the good news of Jesus, the eyes are opened. The eyes are opened and they can actually see uh, for the first time. Really see. Thank you. I think we're having a door issue here. Little WD-40 solves a lot of problems. So people are hopeless without Christ. Acts 4.12 says this, and there is salvation in no one else. I just want to stop there. This is very important. This is why you have to invest and invite. You, you have to get to the point where this is true. And you have to own this if you're a Christ follower. We're led to believe that there's salvation found in all sorts of places. Why? Because we have the mantra, as long as they are happy, as long as they don't hurt anyone else, right? Like there's a sense of like, we don't really believe that in what we say and do. Because we're led to believe that there's actually salvation found in all sorts of places. It's found in science. It's found in psychology. It's found in philosophy. It's found in a country. It's found in your family. It's found in money. It's found in sex. It's found in power. We believe that there's salvation, something that can save you in all of those things. Why? Because that's what we pursue. That's what our media pushes. And that's what we believe because that's what we're seeing. But if you're a Christ follower, you have to own this. There's salvation found in no one else. Does that put a weight to what we do? Absolutely, because if it's not found in anyone else, then that way is very narrow. And it's narrow on purpose. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the, not a, the. No one comes to the Father except what? Through me. So there is no salvation found in anywhere else except through Jesus Christ. And as a church, we've been led to believe that like we can't say that. But that's the truth because the scriptures say it and people are hopeless because we just go along with the theme of like you just go on a search. But there is salvation found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And the name is Jesus. Man, people get so upset about the name of Jesus. I was once invited to pray at a city council. Not in this city, but in a neighboring city. And they asked that you not pray in the name of Jesus. Can you believe that? That's in our country. Like, have you read our constitution? That's what, we started it because of that. And I was asked to not pray, and I was like, well, I, I can't do that because who am I praying to? You could pray to all sorts of things if you're not careful. And so we inquired and said, well, what about this? And it was like, well, this is just on paper, but pray how you want. And so I just made a point after I prayed, and I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I just made sure I emphasized it a little bit. Just looked up. Jesus! Because there's no other name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Why? Because there's no salvation found anywhere else. We have to wake up. We have to remember this. Romans 10. This is a promise, but also a, a, a challenge. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The name of the Lord, that's Jesus. That word Lord there... Again, kind of churchy, literally boss. 
for everyone who decides they're gonna follow Jesus, he's the boss of their life, they surrender to him, that means Jesus will call the shots to my life, which means his Bible, the words will guide me, not my own ideas. I will do what he says. That's how you know you're ready to become a Christian. And there's some of you today that are maybe not yet a Christian and you need to make this decision like, I will call on the name of the Lord. I will let him be my boss and lead me. You can make that decision today. That's how you're saved. You're saved from brokenness. You're saved from the darkness. And then it goes on. But how can they call on him? Oh, no, sorry. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Okay, so how do they know? Right? That's the question. Good question. Goes on. And how can they believe in him if they have never, what does it say? Heard about him. Okay. And how can they hear about him unless what? What? Did you know that somebody cannot intuit the salvation found in Jesus? Meaning they cannot wake up and look in creation and know that they're a sinner and that Jesus paid the price for their sins and decide to follow him. You can't do that. Now, can they look in creation and see there is a God? Yes. That's called general revelation. There's a sense of which there is a, a majesty and an almighty kind of part of creation, which is built in. Like when you look at the mountains and you look at the ocean and you get like, whoa, there's something here that's greater than me. Now we call it mother nature. (laughs) There is no mother nature. There's God. This isn't even on my screen. I'm sorry. I'm like an old grandpa over here. I'm just upset. I'm not upset. But like, again, we're saying things like mother, there isn't a mother nature. There's God. He created the world. And so when you see the world, there's a sense of like there's something greater. God uses that. Something in you where you realize like there's something there. And you see this a lot. But what it's saying is that you realize there's something there and you realize probably you're broken. Do people know they're broken? Yes, they do. Do they realize the degree? Not always. But most of the time, broken people understand the depths of despair. Why? Because they live with themselves. All of us. We all know brokenness because we live it. What the scripture is saying is like people are broken and they see the darkness, but they can't believe and they can't understand and they can't follow Jesus because no one has told them. Could you imagine? There are people in our world right now, like right in our community that are so broken and they're in the dark and they have no idea that they can be saved. What the scripture is saying is they have no idea because no one's told them. That means is that there's people in the light that have seen and they are walking with their eyes wide open and they are just overlooking everyone in the dark. It's like, I'm glad I have clarity. I'm glad I can see. That's really bad that you can't. And that's the picture of the church today. That's in all of us. There's a sense of what you're like, we, we take for granted the light that we have been given And again, if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, today you can decide to follow him and you can see for the very first time. That's why we exist. We're broken because of sin. We are damaged people, but because Jesus died for our sin, he paid the price for our sin and our rebellion, we can be made clean. We can be forgiven. And we could choose to follow him. And there is all sorts of people that are trying to find salvation in all sorts of places. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 
but it's not found anywhere else. So people are hopeless without Christ. That's why we need to share. More importantly, we need to share it because Jesus told us to. But third, and this is really interesting. I want you to think about this for yourself. Life's defining moments often involve an invitation. You ever thought about that? Maybe you were younger. Think about the first invitation you ever had. Was it to like a party? Was it to hang out with a group that you didn't know? One of the first invitations I ever got was to go on tour with a band. I've told you guys this is my story. When I was 16, my life's goal was to be a rock star. That like makes complete sense for a 16-year-old. And that was the path I was on, and I actually got an invitation to go on tour with the band. And in that invitation, and as I pursued that dream, God closed the door and was like, no, I don't have a rock star for you. Nothing against being a rock star. But that was not for me. And that's when God got a hold of my life, and I surrendered, and I said, I will do whatever you tell me to, even a pastor. And I was like, even if you tell me that. He's like, good. I'm glad we got to that point. <laughs> and that was the invitation that changed my life at the age of 16. I extended an invitation to my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. I invited her to marry me. We're now married. She said yes. <laughs> that invitation's called a proposal. That's life-changing. That's an invitation. We got married in 2002. Uh, in 2006, I got an invitation to join a staff at the church that we were part of, Church in the Valley, which is our sponsoring church. That changed the tra- trajectory of my life. I was a school teacher. I was a public school teacher. I taught fourth grade. I retired from that after two years. I don't know what my pension's going to be. I don't think it's going to be that great. But then I, I made a career change. And then we extended an invitation to a team to start Ridgeview Church in uh, 2017 and 2018 and invited people to be a part of starting it, be a part of a launch team that moved to this area to start Ridgeview. That was an invitation to be a part. And you're here at Ridgeview because somebody invited you. Life-changing moments usually happen by an invitation. I want to share this out of John uh, chapter 1. This is the calling of the disciples. It says, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. What's follow me? It's an invitation. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So notice what happened. You see this progression. Jesus invited Philip and then Philip found Nathanael. And he extended the same invitation. Look, we're, we're following this person who is the Messiah that's been prophesied about in the Old Testament. Come, I'm on my way. Come with us. And so you see Andrew, these are other invitations. I think it's on the, the next slide here. Andrew invited, oh, sorry, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good from out of Nazareth? This is, he got the invitation and he didn't quite think it was a great invitation. Wait, you want me to follow the Jesus who's from Nazareth? So think of like the worst city around this area. Don't say it. <laughs> you're thinking it though. And it's like that city would be where Jesus is from. You're like, oh, that's great, but he's from there? I don't know. I don't think anything good can come from there. And notice what's the last three words. Come and see. 
I love that. I can't tell you. Come experience it. Inviting people to experience refreshing life in Christ. Uh, Here's a summary of other invitations. Andrew invited Simon Peter. Philip invited Nathaniel, and you'll see the scriptures there. The Samaritan woman invited her whole town. She just went for it. She had all sorts of baggage. Jesus changed her life, and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Town, here's what happened. I love that. Matthew, known as Levi, invited all his friends. Cornelius invited his family. So here's the question. Why did they invite? Did they have the first two bullets of this message? Well, Jesus said to, and people are so hopeless without Christ. I don't think so. I think they invited because their life had been changed. Because they had gone from this to this, and they could never go back to the darkness. They could never close their eyes and unsee what they've seen and unexperience what they have experienced. Their lives have been changed by Jesus. So the reason I bring this up is we, we think of, of this idea of sharing Jesus with people, and it gets overcomplicated very fast. Like, what do I say? What do I do? We don't do that. That's weird. I don't want to be that person. We say that a lot. I don't want to be that person. We have a vision in our mind of the people that we don't want to be. But really what it is is just sharing with people the difference that Jesus has made in your life. That's sharing your story. And so I just want to introduce like what our strategic initiative is. It's like an extension of our, our mission. It's, it's to pray, and it's to invest, and it's to invite. Prayer is the, just the, the desperation that we need. God, will you help us as we extend ourselves for others, as we share the light found in Jesus? Will you help us? Will you go before us? Will you soften hearts? Will you lead us to the people that we need to talk to? Will you give me courage? Will you give me your power, which is promised? Will you help me to move forward? And so pray for individuals and families in our spheres of relationship who currently don't know Jesus. This is part of investing and inviting. It's just praying for these people. Are there people in your life that don't yet know Jesus that you can pray for? This is like an interactive show right here. I love it. But who can you pray for in your life that doesn't yet know Jesus? And then invest. Invest our personal resources, time, money, into building relationships for the purpose, purposes of sharing Christ. So that even investment is, how am I invested in the church as we're doing this? And then how am I invested in my own life? Can I invite somebody to lunch to hear their story and to get to know them? Does that cost you money? Yes. Is that investment you're, you're willing to make? Will I invest in the building of relationships? Now, Money, you may actually be willing. Like, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give to the church to help us in this. I'm willing to give to other people as I get to know them. But then this part is also very, sorry, go right here. What's that word? Time. Valuable, valuable resource. We make the time to do it. Are you busy? Yes. We're all busy. Life is busy. Is life messy? Yes. Is life complicated? I don't know if you know the answer. These are all going to be yes, I have a feeling. Is life stressful? Yeah. Is life overwhelming? Yeah. If you're a Christ follower, 
you're in the light. And all those things are true, right? So think about those who are facing those things and their eyes are closed. Makes you kind of think a little bit differently, huh? That's for me. If it is this complicated for me and hard and life is messy and I know Jesus, what about all those who don't? Think about the weight that they are carrying. Think about the marriages that are just strained under the burden of trying to figure it out themselves. Think of the parents who have no idea of how to actually help their kids with their problems. Do you think that's overwhelming? Absolutely. But again, they think the salvation is found in therapy, which can help, or they think the salvation is found in sports, which can be good. They think salvation is found in the schools. They'll solve the problem. Salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. That's what the scriptures say. So pray, invest, and then invite. Look for opportunities to invite people into our lives, homes, and church to intentionally show and share the what? The gospel, the good news. Why? Because remember, unless they're told, they don't know it. Unless they're told. Now, the hard thing in our country is sometimes we, we don't think, like this is like how a missionary thinks. We think because most people know the name of Jesus, they know who he is and what he did. Most have no idea. They think like maybe you say a prayer at the end of like grace in Jesus' name. They don't know what's in that name. They don't know what separates that name from other names. They don't know what Jesus did. They don't know how Jesus relates to them. So that last part, to show and to share uh, the gospel. And so I want to encourage you as I bring this home Who can you pray for, who can you invest in, and who can you invite? Now, if you're new to Ridgeview, you don't have to like, you know, jump in and just be overwhelmed by this, but we want you to take steps. Like, God can use you and share your story. If you've been a part of Ridgeview for a long time, like, this is part of the commitment. Like, we are going to be a part of doing this as a church. Like, this is our mission. This is how we team, you know, together. But at your own pace, like, we've got to be moving towards this. I'm going to move through here really quickly. Uh, some things to consider as you invite. Just do it. Here's the thing. For the most part, if you're a Christian, people aren't going to come to you and like, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? They might. You may hope, that, we all hope that they will. God, I will share if they come to me and say, will, not just the good, will you share with me the gospel of Jesus Christ? If they say that, I will hopefully share. They, they won't, like, we have to be the initiators. Like, one thing at Ridgeview, we just have to keep in the forefront of our mind is we are the initiators. We don't wait for people to respond. Like, we want to initiate with them with a smile. We want to initiate with grace. We want to initiate with kindness. We want to initiate with our time. We live in a time where no one takes initiative. You drive to your driveway, you open the garage, you pull in, you shut it, and that's it. You build a fence as high as you can. You have a ring camera so you could screen people before they even come. But a Christian's like, we have to lower those barriers. Look for your neighbors. When they're picking up the trash can, go get yours. Talk to them. Ask them, like, how are you doing? And then keep doing that. Take initiative. Take a treat to your neighbor. 
just wanted to give you a treat. I know it's been a rough year for everyone. And if they're like, you know, freaked out about COVID, wear a mask and gloves. But you can still do that. Take the initiative. Just do it. Uh, here's another thing. People are in different places spiritually and have different levels of receptivity. Uh, what this means is, have you met people that are like anti-Jesus, right? The only reason you know, though, is, is that you still have to take initiative. And if they just open their mouth and roar at you, you're like, okay, that was interesting. They're not ready yet. And that's, that's life. And so you don't, you don't bail. You stay close because everyone has a reality until they hit bottom. You ever notice that? You'll have answers until like you're at the bottom and you have no answers anymore. So you want to stay close enough to that when people are actually ready and their brokenness is fully set in, God can work and he'll use you. So you have to stay close. But people are at different levels. Uh, third, this is really helpful to me. We are responsible to invite, not for what? The outcome of our invitation. Have you ever, and we do this a lot, have you ever made a decision to not do something based on what somebody else will do? That's called projection. You ever done that? I can't invite them. They won't come. You ever done that? How do you know? Why well, invite them before they didn't? Okay. You still don't know for sure. The only way you know is if you take the initiative. So many times we make decisions for people, they're too busy. They're not interested. That's not going to make sense. But you have no idea what's going on under the surface. Right? Isn't that true? You don't know what's going on in people's hearts in their life. So one way, you just, you just invite and see what God does. We had neighbors years ago that I invited to church for three years, different events. And I'll be honest, I wanted to give up. It got really old. I was like kind of thinking of new ways. Hey, we got a, you know, this event. And it's like, oh, thanks. And they always appreciate the invitation. We'd give them flyers and we'd relate. And then they started having more kids. We started having more kids. Life began to get more complicated for them. And then one day they're like, we want to come to church with you tomorrow. And I almost like passed out. Like, are you serious? Like, I'd given up on them. What's really interesting, they came to church and she actually committed her life to Christ. And her life was changed. And he got back on track with Jesus and his life was changed. And their kids have been learning about Jesus and they've been baptized since and their lives have been changed. But it took three years. You just don't know what God does. So we're responsible for the invite. Uh, here's just uh, some things to listen for. Now, another thing, if you like interact with people, we're trained, like, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Or have you ever answered that before they even ask? Hi, I'm good. Oh, wait, they didn't say that. Shoot, you like broke the protocol. Like, you know, you know it's, so, it's like very surfacey. Good, good, good. <laughs> See you next time at the trash can, you know. Good, good. But listen for these things. So when you ask somebody how they're doing, listen. Don't expect like the formula. Like, okay, I say this, you say this, and then we move on like the Truman Show. You don't know that interesting movie, but uh, listen for the four knots. When people are not doing well, they're not from around here, they're, they're new, they've moved, uh, they're not prepared for what is next, they're overwhelmed. Do you think this is true of most people? Yes, nobody knows what's going on right now. 
If you're a parent and you're sending your kids back to school, what on earth is that going to be like? Maybe you're going back to work after being remote for so long. What on earth is that going to be like? Or like you look at the gas, speaking of inflation, you look at the gas. How's that going to work? All of us, were not prepared for what is next. And then not in church. When you hear that, that should be like a little beep, beep, beep. Oh, oh, there's, oh there's something there. Now you don't like make, what, you're not from here? Like you don't make it that noticeable. But that's like a helpful thing. Like God could work in this situation. So you just want to be like receptive. There, there's something going on. And then finally, as I close out, don't underestimate the power of what? Your story. That's actually the most powerful thing. Why? Because it's a, it's a case study lived out in your life. This is why the best invitation is a personal invitation. We're doing marketing, we're doing door hangers, we're doing uh, all sorts of things. But the best invitation is a personal invitation because it's your story extended to them. 1 Peter 3, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. So this sense is always be prepared. We always need to be investing. We always need to be inviting. You never know what God is going to do. So I want to just close with some, some next steps. Uh, pull out your connection card, if you could, because I, I really want you to respond to a few things that we can provide to you that I think will be a help. This is just your way. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. This is your way. Like, I can take this step. I can make this choice today. So the first, memorize 2 Timothy 1, 7 through 8. If you never memorize that, um, that was at the beginning. For God did not give us a spirit, you know, of fear or timidity, but of power. And then never be ashamed to tell others about Jesus. Like, memorize that. And it's on your, your listening guide for you. Um, what I do is just, you could write it on like a little three by five card, a little note card, put the reference 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8 on one side and put the verse on the other. And you just keep that handy. And you just look at it until you've locked it down and you memorize it, just like you would memorize anything else. That's the first next step. So mark that. Uh, second, I will commit to pray, invest, and invite for the rest of the year. Could you do that? Could you pray for our church? Can you pray for those people in your life? Can you take steps to invest and to invite? We grow out of our commitments. And there's a, a card right here, and I want to encourage you. This is in your program. So everyone, open up your program. Go to the back. And there's a card right here. You don't, you're not turning this in. Uh, this is for you. But again, oftentimes we come to church and it's like we listen. But this is the type of thing, like what could we do? Not just listen, but what could we do? And just think of people. So the following is a list of three people I'm attempting to invest and invite to Ridgeview. I will pray daily for them. I will share my own story and invite them to Ridgeview. I don't know when this will happen. I don't know who you have on your list, but just ask the question, God, who could those people be? And maybe you don't have three. Maybe you have one. Maybe you have no one, but begin that process. Keep that card handy. That's for you. Uh, there's also the invite card. Somebody grab the invite card. Hold that up. Everyone, okay, you see? There's the invite card in your program. Those cards expire like Saturday night at midnight or 11.59. Like you can't use it anymore. So there's less than a week expiration on that flyer. But what that means is we have this week that we could invite somebody. So here's what's crazy. What if to a neighbor, you said, hey, my church is having a grand opening this next Sunday. Would you like to come? And you hand them a flyer. 
Would heavens open up? I don't know. Maybe they might come if that happened. But what would happen if you just invited them? Or a coworker or a friend? We have the flyers, not for coasters. We have the flyers for you to invite. And so make a, make a point. Just, I'm going to invite. And there's a blank. I, who could you invite? And then the last, I'm interested in tools and resources as I invest and invite. So here's where as a church we have a responsibility. We want to help you. The scripture calls that as equip. Our job as leaders and staff in the church is to equip you for the work of the ministry. What that means is we need to work behind the scenes. We need to do all we can to help you do what God's called you to do, a part of our church. We have a responsibility to do that. What that means is we don't do it all. The ministry is done by the people. And it's the leaders who set it up, who work behind the scenes so you can do it. And so we have some resources. Uh, The first is a Difference Maker workshop. We've uh, had this once before. Um, Learn to live a life of maximum impact. This is how you learn how to share your story. This is how how you learn what it means to invest and invite. We're going to have this on September 1st. It's a Wednesday night. It'll be at my house, full disclosure. Maybe that kind of freaks you out, but... You're welcome to come to our home. We're at a size where we still have stuff. At my home, we'd love for you to come and learn how you can make a difference. Uh, You could sign up for that. Um, And then we have the three circles explanation, which we showed you at the beginning of the message. If you want help on writing your story, we've got resources on our website. And so if you mark uh, that next step, like I want resources or write down resources, we're gonna send you an email tomorrow. And on this email, it's gonna have information about how you can pray. We'll have information how you can write your story. We'll have information on how you can share the good news with others. So we want this to be involved. We want this to be something that you can actually do. And so mark that. I'm not going to send this to everyone because if you're not asking for it, like you're not interested, you get enough emails from Ridgeview. That's also my doing, right? But if you want the resources we, we, we want to provide you, we want to equip you to do what God's I called you to do. So uh, that's that. That's one of the, the page we set up. Sharing your story, we also set, set that up as well. And then last but not least, this is what I'm going to start talking about next week for our grand opening. Winning the war in your mind. This is on purpose because I believe there are people in their head that are totally freaked out. And they're filled with fear They're filled with confusion. They're filled with doubt. They're overwhelmed by life because of what we've talked about. And they need to know how they can win the war. And it's not a self-help message. You win the war through Jesus, period. And you win the war through the power that he gives. And so what we're going to be starting next week is four weeks talking about what do we do with the thoughts between our ears. And so I want to encourage you, invite people. And like Pablo mentioned, we'll also have cinnamon rolls. Thank you guys for being with me. I talk a long time. I also appreciate your patience. Ideally, our messages, this is a full like, I'm just letting you in behind the curtain. Ideally, our messages, or my message is supposed to be about like 30 minutes. I average about 45, okay? I need to work on that. But also, the things that we're talking about, it's very hard to capture it in a very short amount of time. And so I know this isn't like a YouTube clip that you like scroll and it's like very short, but there's certain things like this, which like they just take time to unpack. And so I appreciate uh, 
you being patient and, and engaging. And then I also appreciate our kids' own workers. And so if you're a parent and you go, like, thank them for serving because they ultimately pay the price when I speak longer. And I really appreciate them doing that. And so thank you guys for engaging. I'm going to pray. And then Cameron, let's shorten that song just because we're, we're over. And then last but not least, I keep, that's part of my problem. I say that like 10 times. Um, after the service, we're putting this into practice. So like you can invest and invite right after church. We're going to hand water bottles. Talk about refreshment. Physically, they can get it. It's hot out there. We're just going to, here's a, a water bottle. We're at Ridgeview Church. We meet at the Jesse Turner Center. We're going to invite you to our grand opening. But here's a water bottle. And we give them the water bottle whether they want the invitation or not. But water bottle, invitation. And we're just going to see. We're doing an experiment. How many people can we invite and give a, a free water bottle to? Just to serve. Just to serve them. And so if you'd like, we're going to meet right out here uh, after church. You can hang out for a little bit, and then we'll meet right outside, outdoors, uh, outside in the front of the building. Uh, Cameron will be leading that, so find him. And then we're doing that tonight as well. And then next Saturday, um, our door hangers, where we're going to just invite more of the community. So there's lots of things that you can get involved in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the clarity that you bring and for the help uh, that you give us. This is the most important thing. It's salvation found in your son, Jesus. Thank you for that salvation. Thank you that we have hope and answers outside of ourselves. God, make us the type of people that believe enough to share what we believe. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.